tweet at Miriam O'Call. Well, my next guest this morning is the award-winning director, producer, screenwriter and lyricist John Carney. John's films, of course, include the hugely successful Once, which starred his former Frames bandmate, Glenn Hansard. It went on to earn an Oscar. Other movies of his include Sing Street and Begin Again. He's also known for being exec producer of the enormously successful Modern Love on Amazon Prime. Well, this week, news broke that his latest film, Flora and Son, is premiering at the Sundance Film Festival and John joins me now in studio. Good morning, John Carney. Good morning. Very nice to see you. That must be exciting news. And tell me how it works that when you hear you're going to be at the Sundance Film Festival. So it, it, it's, it's incredibly exciting. And that festival, since its beginning, has sort of built up its own reputation as being the sort of the a very nice kind of mix of independent film, but there's also a market there. So it's, it's, it's a very kind of... Um, you know, all the greats, sort of, yeah. you know, the films that you and I would love as yeah. sort of grown-ups started yeah. in Sundance and got a break in Sundance in the 80s and 90s. <clears throat> so it kind of has a reputation of not just being a cynical Hollywood space or or the big market of somewhere like Toronto, which is a great film festival, but very much is focused on splash and, and uh, selling of movies. Sundance is kind of the... Uh, the kind of the it's a for for an independent film like ours it's sort of the only place for us to be so it was a massive deal to get in and it's competitive and we were late getting our submission in and they kind of gave us another week and we scrambled our editor was incredible he almost died at the edit suite of pneumonia <laughs> but we managed to fit it you know we were editing during the night time and it was crazy and very studenty and very fun because we kind of made this film ourselves. It's a small little movie. So we kind of needed it. Kind of, It was a little bit like the once thing. And I remember saying to Glenn, if we don't get it into Sundance, we'll sell it out at the back of the car at Frames Gigs, <laughs> the DVDs. It's a little bit like that. It's sort of, one, one, you know, it's Sundance or, or die, really. So we're thrilled. And it's, tell us about it. You've got great stars in it. Yeah. Great people behind the scenes as well, cinematographers. So tell me who's involved, first of all. So, so yeah, it's, it's a very interesting film because it does have a little bit of, um, you know, it's very good producers that have made big, famous films, actors that have done great things. You know, Eve has just been in an award-winning Eve show. Houston, Eve course, Houston, yeah. yeah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jack mm. Rayner. So it's not, there's, there's great kind of pedigree in the movie, but we wanted to make it like the movies that we... We didn't want to spend a big amount of money. We didn't get a backer. We sort of said, look, wouldn't it be great to take these cool people uh, and a great crew, and but make it kind of, not for nothing, but really small and really low and just make it precious and make it our own and sort of see where we get with it. It's a very different approach from the normal thing of raising the money mm-hmm. um, from a distributor or a sales agent or a studio. And losing control over them. The second you take that money to make a movie, you lose control over it to a degree. Yeah, interesting. So with this, it was kind of, we sort of went back to the drawing board as filmmakers because it's a very quirky little movie. And it's not one actually that I think we necessarily would have raised a ton of money to make anyway. So it was sort of academic. But we said, look, it's two people talking on Zoom. It's a guitar, it's a prolonged guitar lesson over the period of three or four months between Dublin and Los Angeles, between Eve and Joseph, who sort of fall in and out of love over Zoom while, while educating each other on music. But Flora and Son, there is a son involved. There's here. very much a son, actually. There is. She she is a kind of a great character. She's a funny she's a funny live wire of a character who has a 
I guess, uh, to be honest, dysfunctional relationship with her 14-year-old tearaway kid who is kind of crying out for her attention and is robbing stuff mm. from town to try and get her attention. She doesn't see him. He kind of doesn't see what she's at because she doesn't know what she's at. And they live in a shoebox of a flat and they're driving each other up the walls and she, she's a single mom. They, they co-parent with Jack Rayner, who plays a character called Ian. And her life is sort of flatlining. And it's post-pandemic, not that that's ever mentioned. She's out clubbing. She maybe snorts a line now and then. She drinks too much. She smokes. She drinks wine during the daytime. She hangs out with her mate and they go clubbing at night and she's got this kid. And it's sort of her life. She had a kid very young mm-hmm. and she's 30 now, 29. And she's she's her friends now are having babies. But she had a baby when she was very you know, young, 16 and a half, 17 yeah. years old. And so she is going, what the hell? These like they're all learning about parenting now. I've been doing it for fourteen years, and I can't stand my son. And so it's uh, it's kind of a f- very funny, quirky, wrong, interesting. I hope and very musical romance between a mother and her son. In a way, you know what I mean. It's mm. finding which has uh, preoccupied me for ages with my own mother. Of like, what was it like to have a little tearaway? asshole like me at 14 and 15 asking her to buy me a bass guitar. And what did your mother say? She loved she was, you deeply. It, the film is definitely about my relationship with her disguised. You know, I've tried to cover the, the, the tracks a little bit and make a story up and stuff and all that because I don't want to just be doing stuff about me or, or you know, memoir or whatever. Mm. But it's definitely in the movie and it's it's a... You know, she was a brilliant woman and she she took a sort of a, I wasn't an academic student at all. I didn't do well in school. I didn't do well in sports at all. <laughs> I was the last kid shivering in me shorts to be picked for the football team at the end of each PE lesson. So I got into music through Eamon Griffin in De La Salle and Connor McGowan and a few little tearaways. And we played in a band and I went back to my mother and said, this is it. You have to buy me a bass. I can't. I have no money. And I'm playing bass on a guitar that I've borrowed for, for, I have to have a bass. And she looked at me and thought about it. And she's whatever age she was then. If I was 40, she'd be in her mid 50s, Mm. 10 years from retirement. What am I going to do with this kid? He's useless in school and he's breaking lights, you know, traffic lights with the Black Widow um, (laughs) with his kids and total tear away. And uh, she bought me a guitar. Oh. And it kind of did. And she sort of, I felt now in reflection, you know, she really sort of put her money where her mouth was. It wasn't just, well, you know, we'll think about it or this. It was, it was actually, there it is in your lap. You have no reason now not to practice. You know, you can't, there's no excuses now. There it is. And it's 350 pounds and I bought it in Music Maker. Go and play it. You know, that was the message yeah. that I was getting from her. And it was very... I mean, at the time, it was probably like each, every 14-year-old kid, you're probably a brat and you're like, thanks, and you go up to your bedroom and you, you practice it. But on reflection now, it was a real sort of, sh- it was a vote of confidence and a show of faith. And it was, it was, again, it was money where your mouth is. It was, and the film is a little bit about that. It's about, you know, parenting isn't just time. It's not just time mm. that you spend with your kids. You, you eventually have to, you know, you have to pony up, you have to, pay for it you have to work for it you have to as you know more than anybody you actually have to keep putting in the hours and and in many ways it's not the declarations of love and the time spent it's the here you are I'm doing this for you Do you think she changed your life by getting you the guitar at that moment? Categorically it was the 80s you didn't have mates with guitars you didn't have 
10 music shops that you could go and buy cheap instruments. You know, there wasn't the internet. There was, musical instruments were precious and expensive and the few and far between. So to invest in you with a piece of wood and wire and electricity and an amp like that was a massive, it was, it was a very big statement to a kid. Mm. Uh, and it was it was live in your room and you kind of had to respond to it. And I oh, 100% changed my life. So do you feel eternally grateful to your mom? I do, actually. Yeah, I yeah. do. It's really lovely. You know, and then she bought, I remember saying to her, I need a four track Fostex, like little tape recorder that would do four tracks and I can do radio plays and I can write songs at home. And she was like, what do you need that for? I said, I need it, mom. It's so important to me. Are you? And I can imagine hearing a kid saying that to me now and waiting for the fad to pass so that I didn't have to fork out. But I persevered and she relented. And we walked down the Tottenham Court Road in London. We were visiting Kira and my brother in London and went down to a shop and, and I took her in. And, and, I, and, and I'd love to make that film. I changed it slightly, but, but, you know, and she was there. What is this? And you can imagine her, you know, from... <laughs> Yeah. You know, what is this? And the guy behind the desk said, oh, it's a Fostex. Oh, yeah, very, very nice machine. And he's seen this Irish mammy with her kids, you know, and the kid is trying to persuade her to part with 450 pounds of sterling mm-hmm. money, which is a lot. And she did. And the Fostex machine, I wore the buttons down. It fell apart. I used it so much. And we recorded plays on it and music and uh, wrote essays and recorded them till the buttons fell apart. I mean, we used it for four or five years. I lent it to band members until it disintegrated. It was the greatest gift. Um, yeah, fascinating. And what a great thing for a mother to do for this kid. Who she is no, there's no music teacher saying, oh, he's going to be great. You know, there's none of that Matt Damon goodwill mm. hunting thing where there's a bearded teacher saying, trust your son, he's going to be great. It was a total punt. What and, a successful uh, punt. Well, it was great because it it, it, it it gave me a strong message of like, now you have no excuse. Now. Because I had no idea, because it's obviously no one knew that this film is slightly autobiographical, actually, the one yeah. that's going to be at Sundance this it, month. It is in a weird way. And then, mm. and then so, I mean, in a very, very disconnected way, Eve is kind of playing this character, but she's playing in a totally... Mm. You know, she's a dub. She's She's very tough and hard. She's very... She's very sexualized in it. She's outrageous. She played a, a blinder on this role and really invented this. I was reading Dubliners at the time when I was writing the script and thinking of all these great, just alive characters um, in Irish literature that are just so sparkly and fantastic. And she, wait until you see it. She's, I don't want to big it up too much. No. It's such a small little she's film. She's an amazing actor, isn't she? Yeah. Going from, I mean, because it was funny, we were making Flora... At the time, myself and Marcella, I, every night I'd come home from work and we'd watch Bad Sisters. Which was when, would you, Marcella's, of course, your wonderful Mar- Marcella's acting wife. Marcella's my wife, exactly, yeah. yeah. And we'd watch Not Bad Sisters. Not acting wife, she's a great actor who <laughs> she is, is your a great, wife. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And she's actually in Flora as well. Marcella is plays she? a role. Yeah, she plays Eve's friend in, in, uh, in Flora. And my daughter Aoife plays their kid in it. Only because Marcella couldn't give up the our daughter, so we'll just put her in the film. And of course, Marcella, for people who don't know, is the wonderful, beautiful actor in Bachelor's Walk. Yeah, yeah. Alison in Bachelor's Walk, yeah. exactly, yes. Um, uh, so now she's a mum actress, so she, we decided yeah. we'd put the kid in the film as well. So that was just, uh, and we couldn't afford to get a babysitter. But anyway, uh, so um, she just, we, we'd come home at night and we'd watch Bad Sisters, Sisters and I'd see Eve go from 
floor in the daytime where I was directing her to this character, this lovable yeah. uh, character in Bad Sisters. And it was just, it was a really an amazing sign of an actor mm. to be able to switch that from one absolute extreme to the other. Of course, that's getting a new series as well, Bad Sisters. I think so. Yeah, it yeah, has. Yeah, I so think brilliant. it has. Yeah, which is great. But like, I'm conscious there are probably people listening this morning who really want to be successful directors, producers. It seems a world that's so hard to break into. And you went right. from being a successful musician in the frames to doing it. So what is the secret? Is it hard luck? Hard work and luck and talent. Is it a mixture of all three? If I'm being honest, I would say, you know, the story that every American tells you about grit and meritocracy and perseverance being the main thing. I would say that's about 3%. Wow. And I would say certainly my, the fact that I can make a film now and, and pay my mortgage from doing that is because the Irish taxpayer and because of the film board mm. and things like Sundance. Um help from other people I think is much mm. and the people you meet I, I've, I've realised that more than ever is the, 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 the people you meet are the story of your life not yeah. you and not your burning heart and your you know that's a part of it and you need some grit of course and you need to stay up late and do your essays in college and all that but you also need the m- hundreds of people around you that you meet and you hope are good to you and, and give you a leg up and help you and lend you a piece of equipment. or So I think that, and in Ireland certainly, I think the state-funded film board and the arts, they're, they're so vital to letting people find out if, what they have and who they are. Because we all have burning dreams of what we want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the, one, the, the people who do it, certainly in the film industry, uh, the people who get through, like myself, you know, like myself, and I can only think of myself, are lucky and fortunate and blessed by the people they meet. Do you think also, because I suppose the proliferation of streamers, even modern love and stuff, that there is more opportunity? 100%. Mm. That's the good news. Actually, <clears throat> in the 90s when myself and you know Tom Hall got an office and wanted, wanted to be the next Spielbergs or whatever, it actually was really hard. There was no gear... Um, and there was the film board was the only place that we could go mm. to 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 get a little bit of sponsorship to write a script or whatever else. But there was no community yet, uh, and there were certainly no streamers. You know, it was kind of Hollywood or nothing really. You know, there was Jim Sheridan and and Neil were in Ireland and they mm. were doing their thing and they had gotten in. But you had to kind of either go to London or go to you know it was it was nowadays it's changed in that. The great news for young kids coming up is, like, look at the amount of content that people need now. I mean, you have four or five streamers that need to fill their... So, and Dairy Girls is another great example of a show that I don't think would have gotten made before the streamers, but there's, there's, there's tons of room now. And I think young directors and writers need to think uh, in terms of content a little bit more. And I know that sounds very cynical, but, but... they, the, the airwaves have to be filled up, which is a great thing. And they're, they, people are looking for new stuff and new voices. And Ireland doesn't mean Ireland in the way it used to be. Things are more international. And, and, and so that's a very, very positive thing. So I believe firmly if you have a camera and you have uh, the energy and you hang out with the right people and you meet funny people or talented people or musical people and you bring them in and you're open to everything... Um, there's there's every reason why if you have a, a, a unique voice and something to say, you'll get heard. 
Well, you certainly have. Congrats, um, John. So Flora and Son going to be premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. Are you going? I am going. <coughs> I've, I've got my nice warm winter jacket myself and Jack Rayner are going and I think Eve is coming in with her ma and I think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is flying down from LA and it's all going to be... And the producers, Rob and, and Rebecca, are going to come and uh, uh, from Dublin. So it'll be a real blast out there. We'll try and... We'll try and stay sober and tuned in and sell our movie and come back. Well, congratulations, John. <laughs> as Thanks ever, another success in your hands. Thanks oh, so much thank for you. coming in today and have a great My time pleasure. there.